0: Hey everyone, um, I'm Tom Hawker. I'm here with Ray Baker. Okay, Ray, now you do the same thing for me.
1: <laughs> do you really want me to do the same thing?
0: Oh yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're doing this and I am not editing this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, hi, I am Ray Baker and I'm here with Tom Hawker. High five noise. You don't even have to do it. There you go.
0: Oh uh, Ray, how's it going?
1: It's going pretty good. Good busy, deal. Good. Always busy. Yes,
0: yes. That's the thing um, about working in infosec is there is no shortage of immediate things to do.
1: <laughs> uh, alarms, <laughs> fires to put out.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. That's been um, that that's been probably my like my biggest maybe jolt coming from. You know an exciting career in human resources uh finally pivoting over to infosec threat intelligence was in hr like i spent months on things that will never see the light of day just someone changed their mind and a project got canceled and okay well whatever i guess it's on to the next project it's probably not going to get off the ground um but in threat operations it's like hey this has to happen right now tom Figured it out. It's like, oh, oh my! Yeah. I would
1: imagine that moves real quick. I feel like uh, a little bit like I trained for it in in graphic design because you're you're doing multiple projects at a time, or you're doing one and then you're on to the next and on to the next. And you know, as long as you work at a place that's constantly churning work, that's a lot like a lot like InfoSec, I think.
0: Yes. Um, but it's definitely very rewarding because you do get to like do things like you know, a report got done, and incident got responded to, um, something got investigated. So it is incredibly fast-paced, but it's also you get the the gratification of, okay, now now it's done, now it's on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, but you've checked the box. You can move on. Sometimes.
0: Yep. yep but um, <clears throat> I guess we, we should probably, like, back it up a step. I mean, not all the way back to the high five, because that was, you know, one and done. Like, we definitely nailed that <laughs> one on the first take. But uh, I, I guess, like, why, you know, why are we even talking, aside from the fact that, you know, we're just both cool people that enjoy talking to I each other? I don't know, other? you just called me in. And- I, I yeah. do. I'm just glad you picked up. I mean, I, I've called, like, <laughs> seven people, and you were the first one, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, um... Uh, you and i actually go way back i mean i guess at least as far back as my time in the InfoSec community goes um you were one of the first people i interacted with back in the trace lab slack back in 2019. Um, yeah, which
1: i didn't even know until the last time we talked
0: <laughs> yeah um you were the person that actually turned me on to Safe escape um, if it really was, if it wasn't for you, I probably never would have even known they existed and never gotten involved there. Um, so I feel like we we've, we've, we've been on the periphery of each other's info infosec lives, whether we knew it or not.
1: Yeah, I think but, so. Uh, I I know we we run in kind of the same circles, so we're always we're always bumping into each other.
0: Yeah, even though we even though we've never met, <laughs> we no, almost I met almost like met I've, at Def I've, Con. <laughs>
1: I almost made it there. <laughs> Didn't make it there and then I left.
0: Yeah. Um but the the reason we're here recording this is because um despite our you know different lives, different beginning careers, beginning you know different lots of things, like we we actually have a kind of a similar journey in a lot of ways. Uh we both started out um several years ago not in InfoSec, not even anything close. It wasn't like we were on the help desk, and now we're working security. Um, I was worked our way
1: you know, up from the bottom.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like I was in human resources, and I think you were in graphic design. And years later, here we are. I'm on a threat operations team, and you're in consulting.
1: Yep, yep. I'm a senior OSINT uh, analyst in consulting, a large okay. consulting firm.
0: Nice. So that is quite a journey. (laughs) Um, It is in a
1: very short period of time. It feels like like quite a dream looking back and thinking it's only been two, three years.
0: Yeah, which in a lot of ways, like it seems incredibly short when you realize like maybe the responsibility we have, like, oh, my God, I've only been doing this for like two years. Like, I can't believe they're (laughs) trusting me with this. But two years ago. Two years was a long time. Like I wanted tech, out of yeah, human resources today. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, and things move so fast in tech that two years is like 50, I guess.
0: Yeah. So like, I thought it'd be cool if we could just maybe just talk through or collaboratively talk through our journey. Um, I think yeah. there's probably a lot of people out there not in InfoSec. We need more people in InfoSec and I think the, the more people we can inspire to like, make that jump, like, Hey, it's possible. You know, if Tom from human resources can work in the industry, I'm fairly certain you can't do.
1: And I'll tell you, I, I do podcasts and stuff fairly regularly and I always take for granted, uh, my path into OSINT. Um, it seemed like, I know it was fast. Um, but it doesn't seem like something anyone would care to know about. But every time I talk about it, people are always like, oh, you, you know, inspired me with the fact that you came from outside of the field in into it. It gives me hope that I can do it. And just like little things like that, I'm like, oh, I didn't even consider <laughs> that it might be useful to somebody.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um. So I don't know, maybe we could just maybe talk through our respective journeys and just just, just give some collective insight there. Because I, f- I feel like, at least in my case, like I've actually wound up exactly where I wanted to be, um, I'd say about three or four years ago.
1: I had no idea where I wanted to be three or four years ago. <laughs> I, so I was working in graphic design. I was a graphic design manager um, for a beauty school. And um, I love design. I love art. I always felt like it wasn't challenging me. So I decided to go back to school for uh, security and risk analysis. And when I did that, I I knew it cost a lot of money. (laughs) I'm like, I'm going to make this worth it. I'm going to make sure that this money that I'm spending in my 30s is going to be used for something good. So I, when I started going back to school, at the same time I started talking to people about what, where I wanted to be in, in the field. Did I want to do pen testing or blue team or what? I had no idea. So I started talking to just random people. I went to the um, Pittsburgh B sides. Um, I think I talked to John Stoner there. Um, And I talked to Philip Wiley and a few few other people. We had phone conversations. And then I went to the uh, Layer 8 conference in Rhode Island. And there I played in a Trace Labs event. And here's where it comes full circle, (laughs) because (laughs) that Trace Labs event is what inspired me to go into open source intelligence, because if anybody follows me at all, they know I love true crime and that, coupled with security, is kind of like, I don't want to say Trace Labs is about true crime because there are real people behind it and um, I don't want to seem like I'm making light of the people, you know, we're helping, but that was a connection. I knew I could never be a detective or a police officer. I just, I don't have it in me. Um, but that that was a, like a crossroads of security and that part of me and I was like, this is a thing I can really do and be paid to do it, which was really cool to me. So I went back from the conference and I started looking people up, adding people on Twitter, um, looking for people who were doing what I wanted to be doing and adding them and just following them and watching what they were doing. And then I started writing blogs. And then I decided to give my first talk, which I did at a B-Sides event. And it just kind of spiraled from there into this uh, online persona where I was writing blogs and uh, a company noticed that I was writing blogs and they called me in to, you know, submit my resume and I got hired that way. (laughs) It was really quite (laughs) ridiculous when you think about it. But like, honestly, they watch, they watch online.
0: Yeah. And I had, um, kind of a similar journey, um, I was working HR um, in an office. Uh, it wasn't a bad job. I mean, it was kind of cool in a lot of ways. Um, it was that job that got me back into coding. You know, back into you know automating things with Python. You know, I was able to automate about sixty percent of my day job, which was super cool because it freed me up to explore other things. Um, and it, it was probably like twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. When I'm like, oh yeah, like, you know, info, like security is a thing. Um, that sounds kind of, that sounds kind of cool. You know, I'm going to start looking into that and because I was an HR person, um, you know, I kind of latched on to social engineering, you know, my, I'd spent years as a recruiter. So talking to people, you know, wasn't necessarily difficult for me you know, asking them questions about themselves, asking them, asking them to, you know, do things for me or provide me with information was, you know, what I've been paid to do for a number of years. So I was like, Hey, that sounds like, okay. Like I could, I could be into that. Um, you know, I found out about the social engineering CTF at DEF CON. Um, I applied, they accepted me and I got to compete. Um, <clears throat> I had no idea what I was getting into.
1: <laughs> I didn't know I, you competed in that.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that, that. So that's that. That's the genesis of my entire story, I guess, was I went to Def Con in 2019 for the sole purpose of competing in the SECTF. That's the only reason I was in Vegas. Um, I had really no idea what I was getting into. Like, I, I understood the competition, but I, I guess I didn't understand, like, the scope of it. Like, I just figured, you know, oh, you know, you apply, they'll let you in and you get to give it a shot. I'm like, oh crap, this was kind of a big deal. I was like, you know, one of 15 people, I think, that got in and I was quickly in over my head. Um, I had to learn OSINT on the fly. Like, I'd I'd kind of known it was a thing, but I'd never written a report before. I'd never actually done, you know, like, say, business OSINT. Um, So it was a very, you know, kind of shock to, like, Realize all the things that I didn't know. It was still a cool experience. Uh, I came in dead last, or I—you could say I, I came in fifteenth, because <laughs> you know yeah, I still got to but play. But you
1: still—you were the one of fifteen. That's still yeah. impressive.
0: Yeah, um, and to to this day, I will always feel like my pretext was the best. I just couldn't get anybody on the phone. Um, I was because I, I was I was masquerading as a job seeker, trying to take advantage of human resources. Like most people, like their pretext is their IT or their tech support yeah. and, um, which I knew nothing about. I'm like, but I'm an HR person. Like I can pretend to be an applicant and they have to talk Go to with me what? now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I got the worst recruiter in the world. Like, so if I was a recruiter and someone just called me up and said, Hey, I'm moving to the area. Um, here's all of my background. Um, I'd love to learn. I saw, I saw that you had these positions open can you tell me more about your company? That is literally their job, Ray. And they failed me. It was, wow. <laughs> it was like Friday afternoon at like 4 PM. And they were just having none of it. They just sent me to the jobs.company.com and just told me to have a good weekend. I'm like, Oh, They're like just Google it. Yeah. Yeah, and this is in front of about, you know, a thousand people, or you know, however many people are packed in, you know, to the SE village. Like, they all got to just witness me crash and burn. Um,
1: <laughs> well, I think he crashed and burned.
0: Yeah, yeah, the t- worst recruiter of the world. Like, I-, I was a way better recruiter. Um, but, uh, anyway, that's uh, that's just a kind of a funny aside, because, like, that was, like, going to DEF CON uh, was probably, like, my Layer 8 moment, Like like mm. you said. Like, you know, like, did I did I win the SECTF? Hell no. Um, but like I got to play and I, I got to be around all these people and I'm like, hey, like, you know, I'm not as good at this right now as they are, but like, I felt like I belonged. I felt like I could at least play the game, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so that was like a huge confidence boost. You know, kind of like finding my my community, you know, finding a place where I felt like I fit in and I could add value was really huge for me um, and it was, it was at, at that DEFCON, like just on a whim, I found Trace Labs. They were one of the Def Con contests. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, that sounds awesome. Like I just learned about OSINT. Um, I had, I'd also just learned I wasn't very good at it. <laughs> so I'm like, cool. This is, you know, this will be a, you know, a place to practice. And it's, these are real missing persons. Like this is really cool. Um, so I was going to compete and then they put out the call for judges. Um, you know you could volunteer on the back end to just vet the intel as it comes in i'm like that's even better because i'm not good at osint i'm probably going to learn way more like watching the intel get submitted than i ever would just trying to submit it um so i volunteered uh defcon 2019 and i just kept showing up and they kept. They like, giving oh, me... I
1: guess we'll put you in charge. <laughs>
0: yeah, they, they were <laughs> just kept giving me more and more things to do. It was, um, you know, like working on content for the community, uh, running webinars, um, standing up a podcast, like working with other content creators, um, and then ultimately, you know, years later, you know, here I am, you know, helping lead the organization. It isn't just me. There's a there's a team of us behind the scenes, but uh, you know, I've taken on a lot of responsibility. Um, Just because, you know, one, like I I found a community that I was engaged with, um, but I just kept showing up. They kept giving me more things to do, and I just kept saying yes. Um, And then ultimately uh, just, gosh, six weeks ago, I was finally able to turn all of this experience into a total career move. Um, I was finally able to move from an HR position um, over to a threat intel position. So today, I work on the threat ops team with Kroger, uh, with some amazing people um, that have yeah. skills. You know, but at the same time, it's kind of like it's like the SEC TF all over again. You know, now I'm back to being a tiny <laughs> fish in a big pond. Um, it's like, oh my god, like That's yeah. Good. Like, yeah it's it's amazing because you're like oh my god you are so much better at all these things than i am but again like same feeling like i still feel like but i you know here's the value that i add like i i i guess like i don't have like full-on imposter syndrome i i think i'm just like (laughs) yeah i definitely do a little bit but like I think like I'm I'm healthily aware of like where my gaps are, but I'm also aware of the value I add. So I that's maybe a little bit of imposter syndrome like with a little bit of confidence. Which I which <laughs> I think is probably a good healthy. Yeah. I
1: think surrounding yourself with people who are you know doing things at a level that you want to be at is healthy too. Because then you have something to to shoot for.
0: Yeah. And you mentioned and- um
1: volunteer work um when I was first getting started with like blogging and stuff I there's um you've probably seen on Twitter mentoring Monday mm-hmm. um uh I think it's uh Anya Jenka I butcher her name. <laughs> oh, she puts out mentoring Monday and I Just on a whim, put my name out there. And actually, Chris from Operation Safe Escape sent me a message saying like, "Um, if you're looking for things to do, we have volunteer work and you can help us. I'm like, sure, (laughs) why not? So that's kind of how I got involved with Operation Safe Escape. And then I I had started weaseling my way into Trace Labs around the same time. So I helped with the contestant guidance and some of the back end stuff. And I judged a few times. We we have that in common where we kind of used volunteer work to, to gain a foothold in the in the industry.
0: Yeah, and I think um like that's one of the sort of common threads between, you know, like both of our stories and some other people that I've, you know, talked to in similar situations is that if I'd just been sitting at my HR desk and my HR office and said, you know what? I wanna work in InfoSec and just like started just like blindly applying for InfoSec jobs, I probably just would've hit a gate pretty quick or hit, you know, hit a wall pretty quick. But instead I said, hey, this is cool. I'm just gonna do this. Like, you know, it's it's not my job yet, but it's a lot of fun. I enjoy it. I get to work with amazing people. So I'm just gonna keep showing up. Um, and then yeah, over time, and- that turned into a full, you know, a total career move.
1: And and when you're working in OSINT, like that's the rub, right? You I want to be in OSINT. I want to do open source intelligence, but how do I start? <laughs> Where do I go? What do I do? Like, I know what it is, but I don't have any cases. How do I? So, like, the vo- that's what I use the volunteer work for. It was a good mm-hmm. way to, like, start to learn these processes and how people, you know, do the- this type of work in real life. Um, and it gave me a purpose. Like, I wasn't just looking up videos on how to do OSINT. I was actually starting to do it.
0: Yeah. So I think uh, that would maybe be like my first piece of encouragement or guidance for people that are maybe in situations like, you know, maybe you or I were, you know, several years ago is that if you, if you really like, or, you know, if you want to get into InfoSec, like try to find out what you like about it. Like for you, it took a few tries, you know, you, you want to do red teaming, blue teaming, intelligence, um, you know, like, do you want to work There's in a so sock. many? Like, how like, do you know? Yeah, I mean, that's like, if if only there was a hat we could put on that would just like sort us into our various <laughs> disciplines, right? You know, just
1: especially when you don't know what any of them entails. Like, as a student, you're all these things are laid out in front of you, and they're kind of like pick because this is going to be your life now. <laughs> you're like, yeah. uh, I don't know what any of these things are.
0: <laughs> that's terrifying.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. And I hear that all the time. Like I used to mentor students and that was the one thing they'd say is like, how do I know where to, where I fit? Where do I, what do I want to do? I don't want to choose something that I'm not going to like.
0: Yeah. So volunteer work can be a great way to you know, test some of that out in a, in a very safe and like, you know, non non-committal way. You know, you're, you're not quitting your job only to wind up at a different job that you hate just as much or even more. Um, So that can be like a safe way to kind of, you know, try before you buy, so to speak. Um, now those that's easier in say things like OSINT, social engineering, um, you know, there might not be a lot of blue team volunteer positions or red team volunteer positions, but there's still mentorship. Like that's the, that's the thing that's amazing about our community is that generally speaking, if you ask someone a question, they'll probably give you an answer. Um, so if, if you just find some pen testers on Twitter that you think are cool, talk to them, (laughs) like ask them questions, they'll, they'll they'll probably give you, you know, a picture of what it's like to, you know, work on their team or, you know, what they deal with. Um, but, uh, so I I found
1: that I found that's, that's a good way to go about it. Um, I think having Structuring what you want to know before you ask is good. I get a lot of questions like, how do I start in And <laughs> It's like, <laughs> well, okay. I could tell you like for an hour how, how, but you like focus your question a little bit and then uh, do some research ahead of time and know like exactly what you're looking for. And there are plenty of people who will be your mentor on on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever, Um you just have to kind of ask.
0: Yeah. So definitely like be specific in your questions. Or I guess be mindful of your questions. You know, if you're expecting someone to take time out of their day to answer you, which they probably will, you know, show them the courtesy of spending the time on like a well structured query or a, a well thought out question, would be my piece of advice there. Um so I I guess what what got me started down this whole you know line of discussion was that you know don't be afraid to try a few things out you know like infosec isn't a job it's a field it's an industry and it has so many different things you can do so don't be afraid to take your time and just get a feel and when you find something you like you'll know it um the first time and even time, if
1: you're looking I was just going to say, even if you're looking at the OSINT field, that alone, there's so Mm -hmm. many different areas you can go into. So you can still focus that into what you like to do. If you like looking at people or uh, I do a lot of transportation or um, maybe you just like looking into businesses or there's a lot of recruiters who, Mm -hmm. who focus on OSINT.
0: Yeah. And then, um, oh, I think what, what, what I was just saying was, um, like you'll, you'll know it when you find it. Like if it's, if it's OSINT, it's going to be that first piece of intelligence that you truly just like found on your own. Like, oh my God, that felt amazing. This is so cool. Or if you're a red teamer, you know, the first time, you know, you just exploit something, you know, or you get in somewhere you're not supposed to be, or like blue teaming the first time you discover you know, an attack happening or discover some, you know, IOCs like, like you'll, you'll know it when you, when you experience it. And then I would say, go get more of that. Like if that made you feel good, go get more of that.
1: Oh yeah. That, I think it should, it should click, click for you. Yeah. you will feel
0: a connection to it. Yep. <clears throat> um, The other, like, I think maybe commonality I see between, um, our stories and just other people that I've talked to is that, like, I feel like we, we never spent time telling ourselves why we couldn't do something. I feel like we found something that we thought was cool and instead found ways to keep doing more of that.
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll give you a, a glimpse into my psyche. <laughs> I so I'm I don't know if I'm crazy, but what I do is, you know, people do New Year's resolutions and usually around that time I start planning goals. And I usually pick things that are seem completely insane to me. Um, like best case scenario for the entire year, what could I do? and then some other little goals that i can check off and feel good like you know give a presentation at this place and and then i shoot for that the whole year and try to achieve it um and it's worked so far i've i don't know if it's luck or just like sheer stubbornness or tenacity but but i that is my method do you have a similar method or do you just just keep churning and things
0: fall into place yeah just yeah i just keep stumbling forward and i haven't fallen completely flat on my face yet (laughs) um no um i i think there's something broken in my brain um that just causes me like not to consider the reasons i shouldn't do something or like the reasons like i like i can't um like it never occurred to me that like I couldn't do the SECTF. Like I knew I might not get accepted, obviously, like that was, you know, a, you know, that was their decision, but like I never thought, oh, there's no way I could do that because of all these reasons. Like no, it sounded cool. Yeah. So I just tried to do it. Um, you know, OSINT sounded cool, so I just kept trying to do it. Like a career in intelligence and infosec sounded cool, so I just kept finding ways that I could do it. Um I never, like, told, I'd never came up with a, a list of reasons why nobody would want me on their, you know, threat intelligence team. Or, like, oh, like, if only I had these experiences or checked these boxes. Like, those things never occurred to me. Which, I mean, that doesn't change the reality. Like, there was a point where I didn't have those skills. I didn't have that experience. I wasn't ready to take on like you know there's no way i could have done the job i have today three years ago like i just didn't have the skills and the experience that i needed but like i never thought that far ahead instead i thought okay <laughs> how do i how do i keep doing this today
1: yeah that reminds me a lot of like and you, you were in hr so you probably heard this when women fill out applications or um apply for a job they always tend to uh, underplay their skills and like they stick straight to the description, like uh, this is what I can do, no more. And men tend to just like throw everything at it, like, oh yeah, oh, I'll get it. And I think that that carries over to a lot of different things. And I do hear that in, you know, because tech is a very male driven field. So I, I hear a lot from women um, reaching out to me and and sending me messages and stuff and i think that that is a great strategy for women in the field is to just keep going don't limit yourself and don't worry about you know what you think you can't do just like throw everything out there and let let them decide yeah
0: 100 um there's uh... If there's a, if there's a workshop, like I would love to teach someday, and this sounds silly, but it's, it would be like part, like, you know, interview, like resume workshop, but like with the focus on just building confidence. So it would be a resume workshop that wasn't about like building a better resume. It it was, uh, it'd be like a workshop about like feeling more confident in your experience, in your resume um
1: I, I don't think that sounds silly yeah I that's good like,
0: yeah I, like i feel like i've never seen anything like it that wasn't like scammy you know self-help you know stuff you know you'd you know you'd find like on like you know youtube like you know hey you know buy my book for 75 dollars for this system like just sit just hang out with me for two and a half hours and i'll pump you <laughs> up you know just tell you you know why what you've done is important and why you know you can step up and do the next thing like i think that'd be a really cool workshop i'd love to lead someday
1: i think that would be a great idea i see a lot of like the job descriptions especially in tech and from coming from outside of tech the descriptions are crazy they're like words that i've never seen before like jumbled <laughs> together just to sound smart and i read them and i'm like i have no idea what this says i'm qualified i think I don't should I apply because I don't it says OSIN position, but none of these words make any sense. And I think that that happens a lot and people are like, I don't qualify for this at all, when in reality they do.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of lot of work could be done there on the HR hiring side of things for sure. Coming from that go. background.
1: Second job.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming from that background, I'm like, oh my God, it's not shocking that we can't fill these positions.
1: <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Um Man. Had a had a thought, but I got got so carried away in what you were talking about. Um <laughs> just dreaming about my confidence <laughs> workshop. <laughs> um I think that's good. I I would say um something else that's been beneficial for me is like recognizing your wins um don't do that like like so if like my if my long-term goal was hey I want to get out of HR and I want to get paid to do like infosec intelligence like you know just working that field like that was my long-term goal well I just now got there and that was like 4 years ago so uh along the way though I had a lot of wins Um, and if you, if you acknowledge those as wins or as step forwards, steps forward, it can do a lot to like build your momentum. So it was like, Hey, I got to go compete in Vegas. Hey, I got to take on responsibility with trace labs. Um, Hey, I applied for this job and I got an interview. I didn't get the job, but it's like, Hey, if this company at least thought I was worth talking to. I'll bet somebody else does too. Um, And like towards the, you know, like uh, in the lead up to my goal, it was like an exponential curve, I guess. Like it was a lot of, you know, like really like spaced out steps in the beginning. But in like the last six months, it was like, you know, win, 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 win. Or, you know, milestone, milestone, milestone. Um, And I don't think that would have been possible if I hadn't acknowledged my, you know, the these smaller successes, you know, years ago.
1: Yeah. And even failures along the way. Like I, <laughs> I'm sure I failed many to. I ch- try to block them out. But I'm sure I failed many times along the way to the position I'm in. Now I, I treat the, I don't acknowledge the wins as much as I should. I treat them as small goals. So mm-hmm. I check them off. It's a checkbox for me. Um, And I was just having this conversation with somebody earlier today about how I should focus on the wins. (laughs) But for me, it's very much like, all right, check on to the next thing. And my brain is already moving to the next thing that I can do. And that's just (laughs) kind of how I've always been. But I definitely agree that focusing on the wins along the way is like a morale boost for continuing the journey, especially if it ends up being difficult. Or, you know, you hit a roadblock along the way, you can look back. And if you have documented those wins, mm-hmm. like I have those check boxes, even if I don't call them wins, you can look back and be like, this year I did 40 things I checked off my list. I forgot about half of these, so good job. And I think that helps, you know, keep
0: you going. Absolutely. And like to anybody that's still listening, you know, 35 minutes in, <laughs>
1: Uh you can do another high five. There you go. Oh, yeah.
0: You go. Excellent. <laughs> um like please don't be afraid to fail. Um like I like I've 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 always struggled with like how to explain this in a way that didn't sound like just like a conceited asshole, but like I, I which I guess I'm uh, about to. I have <laughs> I have failed. Trying to do cooler things than most people will ever have the courage to try. And that is a big part of how I've gotten to where I am today. Now that's, I sound like a dipshit. Like that was, but like what I'm trying to say is like, because I wasn't afraid of failure, I knew I could and I did. um, But I've gotten to do some really cool things that I, you know, that I failed at, at least initially um, but because I was willing to, you know, deal with that failure and keep going, like I've done some really cool stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, oh, and it does sound, you know, that's kind of a weird thing to talk about, like to, to say in a way that doesn't make you sound, you know, like a jerk or yeah. weird, but like, I, you know, I, I do pick these lofty goals expecting to fail. <laughs> like I like. honest I pick these things that I do not think that I will be able to do and then each time I surprise myself and that's kind of a motivation to keep going Um, not that I always hit those but like you know I this past year I I was like okay I've presented I've you know done all these other things I won the black badge for trace labs and all the uh, presented at ShmooCon and defcon and so what? Where? What do you do after that? What is my next lofty goal? So I'm like, I don't know. I'll write a book. <laughs> so I put that on my list, expecting to never ever have anyone who would care to, to allow me to put my words on paper and then sell it. And I submitted a, a proposal, and they're like, Okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so I, I think just like challenging yourself, like. The things, and I have, I, being honest, I have anxiety about everything like public speaking, uh, going to like large events, um, doing these things outside of my comfort zone. But I know that I have to do them. So I try and push myself. It's like exposure therapy for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I pick these things and then I work towards them, and then it feels good when I accomplish it. And then I pick another thing and I work towards it so far it's worked out pretty good um, but yeah, even I mean, if it didn't it's like uh, you know it's it's you're putting yourself out there
0: yeah and it's that it's that it, it, it's it's that willingness to take that risk um, that I, I think gets people where they want to go whether it's InfoSec whether it's sports whether it's in your personal life, like not even a job, um, like being willing to at least accept that risk, um, I think is probably a necessary part of success and a a necessary part of like long-term goal achievement.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And there's some inherent privilege with being able to go to college and things like that. Um, But I think tech is in a weird spot where you don't necessarily have to have all of these things to break into it you just a lot of times have to have the drive and be able to sell yourself and position yourself in the field to be noticed and i love that about tech because you know anybody can kind of jump in and fill a spot and do something great
0: yep um do you want to tell us about your book because i think that's really cool (laughs) i i have written zero books you, you you have written 100 percent more books than i have
1: i haven't finished it yet so, no um yeah i i decided that i wanted to write an osin book um it's like a general osin book uh you know there's um subject intelligence so like tracking people business intelligence uh, i do a lot of transportation because that's kind of my thing uh talk about social media and IOT and even financial stuff. It's all on my website, raybaker.net. If you're interested, um, it's called deep dive, exploring the real world value of open source intelligence. And it just went on pre-order on Amazon or Barnes and Noble, wherever you shop. Super exciting. I've never, like I said, written a book before, uh, it's with Wiley tech and I'm very nervous also very excited so I hope I hope everybody loves it and gives it good reviews just because they
0: that's awesome no I think that's <laughs> like that is so cool
1: it's 400 pages which if you've ever written even 100 <laughs> pages that is a whole lot of words
0: yeah a whole lot think... of
1: your own words to put out there and have somebody look at and say like this is good or this is bad
0: i can't even imagine keeping all that organized like you could write a book about writing a book like how do you even keep track of 400 pages just word
1: yeah no well yes basically it's very uh well i'm doing it in like 100 page sections so that kind of makes it harder because like you write one and then you move on to the next and you're like does this next one even sound like the first one but they have editors and i'm hoping that after i edit the whole thing they take it and they make it brilliant for me
0: nice that's awesome i'm I'm Um, hoping
1: to cut it's from like a beginner perspective so you should be able to you know hop right in and do all the stuff from uh as a beginner or there's some intermediate stuff in there image analysis and geolocation and all the cool stuff that you see going on. And in- with and the, the idea is basically I'll, I'll teach something and then I'll give like a real life example because I feel like that's missing a lot. You yeah. learn all these cool tools and stuff, but we there's not many resources that show like the methodology behind it. And I feel like that's super important. Everybody always wants to know, like, how do I learn how to pivot from one thing to the next? I'm hoping through like real life stories and just like anecdotes that <laughs> I can, I can provide a little bit of that.
0: Nice. That sounds really cool. And you said that's on pre-order now. Um, do you know when it will like ac- actually release or like, do you have like a time uh, frame there?
1: Yeah. Well, the, the pre-order says June, they told me somewhere in the beginning of 2023. So it's probably close to accurate.
0: Nice. Well, that's awesome um i am not writing a book at this point in time so it <laughs> is It is
1: so terrifying <laughs> it's <laughs> because it's like it's putting everything out there on paper for everyone to judge on the internet
0: yep and we will <laughs> <I> know, <laughs> no, don't worry I know, Ray, you will.
1: <laughs> I know you will
0: oh man just put Okay, if my... i get the
1: ship part right then i will be happy there's a big there's a big transportation section with automobiles and ships and planes and rail. And that is my favorite part.
0: That's awesome. Oh man. Well, I mean, we could keep going for another three, maybe four hours. Um, but I, I, I feel like we've uh at least i've I've achieved what I what I wanted to get across in this talk. like hopefully, you know, if not inspiring people at least demonstrating that you know it can be done you know i was 10 years ago i was a grocery store manager you know today i work on the threat ops team of that same grocery company Um, so it can happen um it probably will never happen as quickly as you would have liked it but when you look back you might be surprised at how quick it actually was those are my final thoughts how about you ray
1: and uh basically if you don't start you'll never get going i mean like if you have a if you have an idea of where you want to be but you never get started i mean five years will go by and you'll still be where you were so every little bit helps um people always ask how do i get into osint i think the best way and this is me coming from a marketing background is to market yourself because you are a brand In the internet space so your blogs your presentations your writing every tweet you send is your brand and you can place yourself out in the internet world how you want people to see you Um, if you love transportation intelligence or ships then focus on that put out blogs be an expert in that area um, and people will start to see you as an expert And then you'll start to get job offers and things like that because you've, you're now an expert in that field. And the other point of advice I'll say is a lot of people seem to get stuck on. I want to write a blog on such and such topic, but it's already been done a million times. Well, I mean, you Tom are going to write a blog on a ship completely different than I would. Completely different than someone else would because we all have different perspectives. So
0: it doesn't matter if it's. I would call them boats, actually, for the record. I would try to. (laughs) Boat blog and I would get Uh, called out on the internet.
1: (laughs) Maritime vessels, let's say. Um, (laughs) But that's the thing. Like, you don't have to get caught up in that because your perspective is always important to someone. You always know more than someone else on your journey. Um, so it's valuable to put your ideas and your thoughts and all of that out there. So I love reading people's blogs, um, and opinions and thoughts. So especially new people in the field, because you bring new ideas. I look forward to hearing all of your
0: blogs. Yes. And I look forward to seeing hopefully more people take the same journey that we have. Um, because it's definitely possible.
1: I fully agree.
0: Cool. Well, this is not a podcast episode, so I don't even know how you end these things. I guess with another round of high fives. Just say, cut. Cut. <laughs> That's a wrap. There you go.